What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the former informer, Imran Khan. Howdy, Greg Miller. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I like that you're committing to the Halloween outfit. It is Halloween time, mm -hmm. and so that means Halloween blazer at least each and every weekday with me. You know so I mean? is it just a Halloween thing, or like will November will you like get a turkey know. thing? Like, no. a... well, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself there. <laughs> not, if you find a good turkey outfit, you can send it my way. Uh, I'll do that. Of course, I already have the Santa hat mm -hmm. for December, so we're all set there. What would you do for January? It was like a baby New Year sash. Sure, I'll, just, I'll be the dressed as the New Year's baby. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Now I'm not doing this for every holiday. I'm doing this, of course, because uh, Halloween the best, the best. Mm -hmm. The best Halloween. The best holiday. Were you one of those people that was like raised on Halloween of like being the thing that you look forward to from the moment school starts to like it's like the thing before Christmas break. It's that thing where I don't think I was raised. Like I think I just found it on my own. Uh -huh. And I am that kid that every Friday when my parents would take me out for pizza in Glen Ellen at Baroni's, still standing great pizza place, <laughs> I would dress up in costume on my own mm -hmm. every Friday. Doesn't matter if it's October or not. Yeah. I'd be Waldo, I'd be a Ghostbuster, I'd be a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think we all had the turtle experience. If like you were a kid in the 80s, I distinctly remember going to preschool and go like they say, oh, go change to your costume because it's like it's Halloween day. Yeah. So I went in the bag and went go put on the turtle thing. It took fucking forever because that thing's elaborate. Yeah. Then you come out and it's like, okay, well we're almost done with playtime. It's time to actually like finish off. Like, oh, that took me like twenty minutes that to took do. Me way too long. Yeah. yeah. But you want to be movie accurate. You yes. got to do it. I understand. I, I understand. I Have you seen that image of the Leonardo? It's disturbing. <laughs> it's it's so disturbing. <laughs> you haven't seen this. Someone somewhere is auctioning off the Leonardo from the suit from yeah. one of the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, and it's falling apart it's and rotting. molding. It's yes. oh god, it's disgusting. <laughs> it looks like a freak show horror yes. show. It is the zombie. real question, Imran, mm -hmm. is that of course tomorrow. Your lead host. Right. I'm going down to LA for this WWE SmackDown premiere thing. Gonna party with The Rock. No big deal. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna wear the blazer? You know what I mean? If That's you, what you haven't wrapped your head around yet. If you leave it and I just see it in the back room, I'll probably put it on. Okay, because and then there's like a like what two when we do Oh, after EGLX, right? We're going to EGLX, don't forget. Uh, middle of October. It's up on the site somewhere. Uh if you then that next week I'm in Montreal on vacation. Are you gonna wear it all week long? You have a lot of you have a lot of fashion choices ahead of you. I will say it depends entirely on the heat in San Francisco. If we have another week like last week, yeah, no then way. absolutely no. not. I'm not no. wearing that thing in the studio. I, I, I agree, and I back If I wear decision. a shirt, it will be surprising. Exactly. Yeah. I, I heard that uh, this Sunday is going to be like 80 degrees. Nice. But we're not here Great. Sunday. Yeah. That's fun. What did you hear about the next week? You know, Because right now, that's the thing. This entire week, and it's funny because Blessing's not here, because he melted here last week. I'm yes. like, oh my God, this place sucks. This entire week has <laughs> been the perfect fall. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's like San Francisco got its act together. Oh, it's October? I can act like it's fall. Here we go. Perfect. It's been it's been lovely. Yeah. yeah. I I don't need to sit in that heat or wearing a pumpkin ass jacket the entire time. I understand. But if like we'll see. I'll I will suffer for my art if need be. I appreciate that. Yeah. I also appreciate all the news today. Like which Overwatch uh, Overwatch character you'd like to see in Smash? WGA dropping the video game writing award and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every week on a variety of platforms we run youth the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, bad PSN names, your squad ups, and everything else under the video game sun. Then you can watch us record the show live, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around... 
the globe housekeeping for you thank you to our patreon producers blackjack and mohammed mohammed today we're brought to you by third love and quip but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be a jam-packed roper report time for some news six items on the roper report man you are feeling good today kev you had me worried yesterday you weren't feeling good look at you now i'm alive you're like a $100 bill, a crisp $100 bill. How much do you credit the Kleenex infused with Vicks VapoRub for this uh, oh, man, it, it got me going. Yeah? Oh, it's some good stuff. I feel like if I use a tissue and it starts immediately making me feel better, I'm going to be, like, suspicious of it. I mean, because it's just going to be around his nostrils, too, that Vicks VapoRub. Like, boo! You know yeah. what I mean? Like, pop I mean, your thing. It just goes straight in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you're getting high off Vicks Vapor. That's right. Awesome. Uh, Number one, Imran Khan, which Overwatch character would you want to have in Smash? Mitchell Saltzman at IGN has this. Jeff Kaplan, vice president of Blizzard Entertainment and lead director of Overwatch, is quite emphatic about letting Nintendo and the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate development team use whatever character from Overwatch they'd like. Speaking to IGN in a recent interview, Kaplan said when asked what Overwatch character he'd like to see guest star in Smash Brothers Ultimate, quote, to the Smash Brothers team, whatever character you want, we love them all. They're all our babies. You can have any single one of them. We have 31 to choose from, end quote. But if he had to pick one, Kaplan said he'd have to choose Tracer. Tracer's our girl. Tracer's our mascot. She'd be my first choice, he said. Uh, there's a lot of great runners up. I think a lot of people can immediately see Doomfist gameplay applying to Smash. But if it were up to me, I'd like to see Tracer, end quote. This is a really good question to ask Blizzard because they all have different answers. Yeah. Like every single I asked the Diablo team once, they're like Deckard Kane. Yeah. Like, that makes no sense, but sure, I would love to see it. <laughs> but if it were me, I agree with Jeff Kaplan. Tracer is the mascot. You she think makes it would no have sense. to be Tracer, yeah. right? Here's my real question. I saw this headline getting kicked around, and I was like, mm, maybe it'll go somewhere in the middle of the Roper Report, right? Mm-hmm. Then all, so many questions from people were very, very excited about this in the questions on Patreon.com. And all the questions were exactly the same. Who would you want to see? I'm like, that's a weird question. Is there any chance you think this will happen, Imran Khan? I think if it were going to happen, they would have announced it alongside Overwatch. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a season two, and who knows if they decided season two yet. Yeah. But we're what? Just two weeks out right now? A week out from Overwatch coming to Switch? Yes. Two weeks. I, I think like, the first time it was playable was like a PAX Australia or whatever thing was in Australia last week. Okay. But it's I could see, because there's not a lot of Western representation in Smash Brothers. The ones that are in there are characters that are just happen to be made by Rare, like King K. Rool and Diddy Kong, and there's a Dark Samus is also one. Of course. So if they October fifteenth, wa- October fifteenth. Okay, yeah. If they wanted a Smash Brothers like Western character, because at this point there haven't even been any in the well, Banjo Kazooie, I guess is the most recent one. Yeah. But if they wanted somebody from a not Nintendo company or not formally Nintendo. Uh, Tracer is a good pick. Blizzard yeah. is a good par- company to partner with on that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I could see... Because people have been tossing around Doom Guys, a rumor, too. Sure, that's been around forever, yeah. right? And I think that was interesting when the Smash director obviously took some of those head-on, right? He's like, Goku is never going to be in this game. Yes. Right? Like, they, it needs to have a tie to video games. We have this planned out. We're going to support this game for as long as we possibly can. I think... Honestly, Tracer would make sense, right? right? It would be... Oh, putting Overwatch in there would make sense now that it is officially a Switch game. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if you wanted a representation from Blizzard, I think Overwatch, it doesn't sell the history of Blizzard necessarily, but it sells like what Blizzard is right now, right? which is they make these kind of games and they, Tracer is their poster girl. Sure. 
So, and I do yeah. think, like, you know, even with Diablo, I know coming to Switch, and obviously we loved it and it did well, mm-hmm. I still think Overwatch is going to be far bigger on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to, you know, especially just bringing in the people who already play it and want to play it on on the go, on this portable. I'm kind of curious how it, to see how it does. Like, yeah. they're, they're saying a lot of right things in terms of, like, control and stuff like that, but I kind of also feel like that game should have come out a year ago and not sure. 2019. But maybe it's just my little bubble, but I never, like, I don't hear people talk about Overwatch that much anymore. Yeah. Well, I think it's harder to grab the headlines. I'm with you in mm-hmm. the same way that I still know that people play Overwatch. I yeah. know Andy, when he defaults back to something, will play it. I know Lucy James plays it every weekend, right? Yeah, like, her and Timur like, play it all the time. Exactly, right? And that's the thing of, I think they play it, but it's similar to like when we, you know, we're doing Gamescast today, patreon.com slash games 2 p.m. Uh, and you, know, you run into that thing of, well, I'm still playing some of the same games, but I'm not going to talk about them the way I talked about them three weeks ago when they right. were brand new, let alone Overwatch, which was new years ago at this point. Yeah. yeah. My problem has always been, like, once my friends fall off a game, yeah. it's hard for me to stay into it. Sure. Because, like, it's either I get good enough to be competitive or I just stay there and, like, it's not a friend thing anymore. It's just yeah, me yeah. essentially wasting time playing the game, yeah. which is fine. That's a totally, like, reasonable way to play a game every weekend. But I'm never going to get better at Overwatch. And as it increased, like, I've not played, I want to say, in about, I would say, eight, nine months. Okay. If I went in back now, or went back in now, there's like the roll queue and all that stuff. I don't know that. It, I think the old man me would be like, "This isn't how I play Overwatch. I, I want to like happen anymore. I want to pick the character that I just want to play right that second and just yeah. play that. Which maybe that's you know that's old dinosaur thinking for that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's what it is, right? And I think that's as these games as service try to change and keep up with what the audience wants they have to worry less and less about you or people like me right that right. touch a game play it for a few, few months leave come back a year later like oh, this is nothing yeah i don't even know how to start this what do i do where do i go i'm really curious because there was that kotaku report a couple of probably six months to a year ago that was like one of the things blizzard working on right now is an overwatch 2 it's mentioned like very like off the cuff like this is one of the things that they canceled other games to you know focus yeah. on but if that game exists, and they, I think the details Ashton Schreier gave after it were like, it, it exists on the foundation of Overwatch 1. I wonder if this Switch version, like, they're just putting this out there so when Overwatch 2 or whatever it's called yeah. comes out, like, and just go like, okay, and if you own Overwatch 1 or the game, the engine is already here, we can just, you know, release it on top on Switch now. Yeah. Like, if, if that's the I, purpose of it. That would probably make more sense, right? To get in there, take your lumps right now, learn how the Switch uh, works, what concessions you have to make so that, yeah, when you're ready for Overwatch 2, right. you're there. Not to mention, then, even bigger install base. Yeah. So that you get to come out and just go, all right, rather than do the chip away numbers where lifetime sales Overwatch has sold a gajillion. You can get that in the first 24 hours, right? And really have a headline behind it. I will say I'm a little disappointed that the... Because I, I, it's not crossplay, right? It's only Switch. I believe that's correct, but yeah. I will kind of funny.com slash you're wrong on that. Yeah, so I'm a little disappointed they didn't bother to put in more, like Nintendo costumes. Ah, I, I guess didn't bother is like a kind of loaded term, but sure, like sure, it sure. should there should have been Nintendo costumes in that game because that would. Do you gotten, think they're not though? Because they're maybe future proofing that eventually maybe they could do. Crossover? I think that would make sense. Like future proofing might be the the logical answer for that. But I think that game would have sold better out of the gate if like you could dress Widowmaker up like Zelda or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. May has a Mario costume. Whatever, <laughs> it, it would fit. Yeah, no, totally, hundred yeah. percent. Uh in the same vein. What's your read as somebody with your uh, uh, finger to the pulse of the video game community for Smash Brothers DLC going forward? 
right? Because they've they've done the thing of like, oh, we're only you know this is how many characters we're gonna have, and then they're like, wow, well, we're gonna have more. And Tim and when Tim and I were talking about it last time around, it did seem like there's really this is the ultimate Smash Brothers, so it does seem like they're gonna support it an absurdly long amount amount of time. Yeah, yeah. The game is still selling; it's in the top NPD every month. I suspect that they'll probably calm down a little bit on a third party stuff next season. Like maybe because people are starting to get a little like once you get to Terry Bogard and Terry Bogard is a thing that like matters greatly to me, but there are a lot of people who are like, who the fuck is this? this? I I think like they need to, they're probably going to start doing like, okay, maybe this time it's Byleth or whatever recent Nintendo, like this is Rex from uh, Xenoblade 2. Like that might make more sense for them. Yeah. Because like Smash Brothers is among other things, like it's a great game. It sells a lot. DLC sells a lot. It's also an advertising platform. Hundred percent, right? Yeah, yeah. Cause like I mean, that was for so many people. I think their first introduction to Fire Emblem. Yeah. And who any of these characters were. And I think like Xenoblade is getting remade because Shulk is in Smash Brothers. Like that's part of the reason. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. now people know who he is, and that game is going to sell better because of it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Nanobiologist wrote in with a link for me. Uh, this is over at GameSpot.com, where Eddie is saying crossplay for Overwatch is more difficult than people realize, but Blizzard's looking into it. Uh, popular battle royale games, Fortnite, and and I should say this is from October first, twenty nineteen. So very recent. Uh, popular battle royale games, Fortnite and PUBG have crossplay support, and Activision's Call of Duty Modern Warfare will introduce it as well when it releases later this month. I also believe about- like Paladins has crossplay support as well. Right, he's not listening every freaking time. Right? <laughs> uh, but what about Blizzard's hero shooter Overwatch? Prince, principal producer Wes uh, Yanagi told GameSpot the crossplay is definitely compelling, but it's not likely to happen for Overwatch anytime soon. Crossplay is something that would definitely be compelling for players, and as a player, I would love to see it happen. The truth is that implementing crossplay for Overwatch is more difficult than people realize. That being said, he went on to say that Blizzard is currently looking into crossplay support for Overwatch. Quote, we are exploring how to bring this to Overwatch, but do not have anything to share at this time. So I think there's your reasons, yeah, for not. They're not walling it off for good, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, let's get it out on Switch. Take our lumps, figure out how this machine works, what it does to our infrastructure, yeah. and then move forward with it that way. I do think like the Call of Duty model is going to be how crossplay goes from here on. Of like, here's you have mouse players, keyboard players. How you get set, are separated is by those yeah. control methods. Yeah, and that's it's going to be weirder in the future if a competitive or big multiplayer competitive game does not have crossplay than if it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that was a question yesterday for this. How how quickly do you think it becomes the norm? Do you think next year it's Pretty much all the AAA multiplayer games are going to be crossplay. Maybe not next year, but new consoles for sure. Okay, I think by twenty twenty one, the winter like I like I think Call of Duty has it in for sure at this point. Like I also think that they exchange that mode for crossplay with like that Sony exclusive mode. Yeah, but you do think that was why I think Sony got that because that a was, year that's exclusive another, is such a long time. That's been another hot button issue around here. Yeah, in Games Daily, of like, why did this happen? And what do we think about it? I suspect it was, hey, if you want the like, we want to do this crossplay thing. This is going to be our big initiative. We want to have a Call of Duty account. We want to have it like separate from like PlayStation and all right. that stuff. And they're like, okay, but what are you going to give us for that? And I yeah. think that mode was probably it. Interesting, interesting. But I believe in the crossplay like initiative is going to be like a fully normalized thing by next generation. Okay. I think Bungie them like but when Bungie announced that oh Stadia is gonna be locked off into his own thing, it's not even gonna play with other PC people, they heard the groaning from that. Yeah. I think every every developer realizes when people don't have crossplay, they just don't buy that version. 
Gotcha. So like Overwatch, like Switch is right now like a separate anomalous thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the future, like in a year from now, I think if games are compatible to play, like if they are on multiple systems, you should be able to play together. Yeah. And I think developers realize that, publishers realize that, and more importantly, the audience is going to realize that. Is the deal with... State, um, jumping back to the Bungie comment with Destiny, mm-hmm. is the deal that it's cross progression but not cross yes. play? Right. Okay, just make sure I had it. So, so I, can bring, yeah. I can beam my save up to Stadia, beam it back to my place. But you're only playing with Stadia people. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Weird. Yeah. Cross play is it's one of it's those a brave things, new frontier, right? Like, it's a brave new frontier that everyone's treating as like a generic thing of like, why haven't we been doing this? Yeah. Which that should be telling people why haven't they been doing it? Money. Yeah. Uh, number two on the Roper Report, the WGA is dropping its video game writing award. This is Eric Van Allen at US Gamer. Uh, games have become increasingly acknowledged at awards show over the past few years, but in 2020, it looks like one show will be dropping the category. The Writers Guild of America will not be awarding video game writing this year due to lack of what the guild describes as critical mass of WGA covered games. In a statement, Two U.S. Gamer, a spokesperson for the Writers Guild, confirmed the category would be suspended for the time being while the door was left open for it to return. The issue seems to be a lacking presence of WGA-covered games. Quote, There won't be a video game writing award in 2020. However, the category will be reinstated when there is a critical mass of video games covered by the WGA in order to provide a meaningful award selection process. End quote. Going back through the WGA's awards records, the category has been around since at least 2008, where Deadhead Fred for the PlayStation Portable one, I remember that, I do remember that well, <laughs> last year's nominees included Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Batman, The Enemy Within, Marvel's Spider-Man, Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, and the winner, God of War, written by a hack, Corey Barlog. <laughs> Some writers have uh, intima- intimated? Yeah. Intimated, yeah. Uh, I've never heard that used this way. Intimated? Like, like I mean, it's, you're inferring, yeah, right? It's They're inferring. Im- implying. Yeah, hmm, yeah. interesting. Uh, that, this isn't a devastating loss, however. I'm just pulling one. Sean Kittleson, he was the writer on Mortal Kombat 11 and Justice 2. He tweeted, uh, The WGA Game Writing Award was never more than a way for the WGA to build its membership among game writers, incentivizing us to pay dues in exchange the privilege of being eligible for that award. I mean, he's not wrong. It, the WGA is a guild... Award like yeah, it's in, in the name. Yeah, uh, it is. So, and that's yeah. and that's to just bring it up in case somebody's not picking up on it. They're like a union, right? They're yes. a membership organization. So, what they're talking about not having enough coverage this year, they're saying that not enough games that you'd put into the awards nomination process were written by WGA members. Right. Which I mean that it makes sense considering they hit a you can't hit a critical mass every year unless everyone is also like in the guild. Yeah. So this is I think they certainly have. They, I'm positive they have enough to make an award. Sure. This is them saying, we want more writers in the guild. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like, I, Kittleson does, he, he's not wrong that they are trying to incentivize it. I don't know if he's describing their motivations correctly. Of, mm. Oh, they just want more dues. Yeah, yeah. They might just, like, a, a union is a thing that gets more powerful as you have more people involved do, in it. Do you think it's an optics thing, though, too? Because it would be, a, here's the nominees for the WGA Video Game Writing Award. And it would be... Uh, I don't even. I'm. I, I, I'm out here not thinking. But like, it would be a bunch of double A games, and we'd look at it and be like, "Oh, where's this game? Where's that game? These games that are getting nominated for game awards for writing." And yeah. they'd, be, they'd have to hat in hand and be like, "Well, they they technically aren't part of the WGA." Yeah. And you'd be like, "Oh, well, these successful people are yeah. making these successful games, and they're not part of it. Why would I be a part of it?" Last year, they got to kind of luck out with like God of War of like, "Oh, this is actually an extremely well written game that is mm-hmm. also winning every game of the year award." Yeah. So they can just say, like, oh, also, we have this game in our guild, or the games writers and all that stuff, 
this team is unionized, we can kind of pat it on the back and say, yeah. good job. Yeah. This year, what if it's not like, what if the games that they do have are not the best written games? Sure. Or what if, they're, like you said, what if there are just things missing? It does make a point of, well, maybe this award show, like if you have, there, I'm sure there are movies that are just the Oscars ignores. Yeah. But at a critical map. Okay, Laser team too. Yeah. <laughs> like all the, they mostly ignored like animated movies and cartoon movies for years. Or comic book movies too. Yeah. Like it's when the audience notices that, then they have to start changing it. Yeah. So then maybe they just don't want the audience to notice. Or maybe this is just a point pointed thing of saying, yeah, if you want to be considered for this, we'll start doing that. Who this does suck for is the writers. Totally. Like whether you're guild in, in the guild or not, this does it this is a uh shot across the bow that affects you by saying your medium is not going to be considered this year because we just don't feel like it. 100%. Think about how many writers are in there right now who did great work. How many video game writers are in the WGA this year, did amazing work, were excited for this, and maybe even were, man, These t- the top three games you're seeing get kicked around for narratives aren't WGAs. I have, I actually, my smaller game has a shot at this. My fault, my smaller narrative has yeah. a shot at this award. And now they're just like, ah, no. Nah. Yeah, Why did I pay dues this year? Why they, am I being a part of this? They, they would never say like, oh, well, we just don't feel like doing it for movies this year. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, TV shows are kind of blase. You know, it was like, a weak year for comedies. We're just not going to do it. Yeah, the Todd Phillips excuse. Yeah. I mean, well, it's so hard to do comedy <laughs> this year. The best response to him was somebody quote tweeting it and then being like, I, I read this article and I saw comedy's dead. Uh, it was, and what was it? Uh, my condolences. And it was like all these hilarious people that are like, yeah. killing, Trevor Noah and all these different people that are like on fire right now yeah. making comedy. I saw Taika Waititi like yeah, the third exactly. He's like, Yeah, this guy's funny. Like, yeah, I, I'm surely comedy's dead because I'm. Clearly struggling. Yeah, yeah, because you can't make the old school or the hangover right now the exact same way. <laughs> hangover three okay. sucked. That's why you can't make a hangover. <sighs> I did it. I never saw it. It don't. It's an awful Hangover fucking... two was the one I didn't think oh I did see Hangover Two, right? That was the wedding. He got locked on the roof. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You might have forgotten it because you might have seen Hangover Three and just not remembered it because mm. the movie is completely non memorable. Mm. I have watched that movie twice because I did not remember the first time. Wow. That I had seen it. Did it at some point in the middle where you're like, uh oh. Yeah. Wait a second. I've I was seen like, this. I saw this on a plane, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was, it was literally like, I did not know if I had deja vu or if it was a real thing that was happening. Like, did I actually see this or did I just see enough trailers? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that movie sucks ass. But. I do think, like, this, it does suck for game writers in general. Yeah. To have your medium kind of disparaged this way. Totally. Yeah, especially something you've worked hard for. You joined this union to, you know, help uh, get through it, right? Or uh, help break through. Hopefully you push it forward, give it more credibility in the WGA, and then yeah. get this. Like, Though I will say, I wish they would have done it even with, like, a like a number of smaller games. Because, like, I look at his last year's list of, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Batman, Enemy Within, blah, blah, blah. They're, like, very narrative-focused games. I would have wanted to see something that's like narrative focused, but not necessarily hues to the same kind of uh, genre these do. Like Obra Dinn would have been a fantastic thing for me. Like that game has f- amazing writing, yeah, but it's not writing in the exact same way. Yeah. So like to see that win a ge- Writers Guild Award would have been like, okay, well actually, video games are a different medium that have different needs, sure, and we can celebrate the different ways they do it. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. Like yeah, not not your traditional yeah. writing. Number oh actually I'm sorry nanobiologist has the most important you're wrong so far hangover one the guy got locked on the roof 
Hangover 2, he got locked in a dumpster. Hangover so 3 was a dumpster. <laughs> Not fire. <laughs> Number three on the Roper Report. There's been layoffs at Discord. This is Brendan Sinclair at GamesIndustry.biz. Discord has made a round of cuts internally. The chat service has confirmed to GamesIndustry.biz. Quote, yesterday, we made an active shift in the talent needs of our marketing department to better serve our growing business and future ambitions, a representative said. As part of this, some difficult personnel decisions had to be made to meet these goals. It is not clear at this point just how many people were let go. Discord has had a busy year. The company broke over 250 million user, I'm sorry, broke the 250 million user milestone in May and added live gameplay streaming to its list of features. At the same time, it has spent 2019 largely backing away from its 2018 plan to become a place where users went to get their games. It shut down its storefront in March, instead allowing developers to sell through their own channels. And later this month, it will stop giving away free games as perks of subscribers uh, of its premium Discord. Ni- n- ugh. Discord Nitro service. Right. When they were first launching that thing, like I was getting emails Oof. from them, like they were very excited about it. Yeah. Like we're going to, you know, we Steam does not do well for indies anymore. Mm-hmm. Like everything gets lost. We're going to have a curated store that is going to like really focus on indies. We're going to publish some games. They, I was talking to them like, what What do you want to see in like a press tour for these sort of things? Like, okay, well, this, this and this is beneficial for us. But they they really wanted to go for it. I don't think they saw Epic's game store no, coming. I don't think they did either. That was definitely is like you. I mean, in general, launching a store is hard. Yes. In general, when Discord said they were going to do it, me not even being a PC person, but understanding the landscape, I was like, I don't think you're big enough for that. I don't know if that's the right move for you guys. You're big, but are you big in the way people would want to buy their games? And uh, and then it was Epic came out of nowhere. Because yeah. they, I mean, as as controversial as the Epic Game Store is and their tactics and stuff like that. Yeah. There is an argument that you those are the moves you kind of have to make. Yeah. If you want to get in there and Discord was not willing to make moves like that. They had yeah. like the Discord exclusivity for some things, but they were very short times and like they eventually went to other platforms. But they they tried their hardest for a little while and then immediately I re- give them credit they recognized when it wasn't going to work. Yeah. They got out fast, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is I it's interesting of when epic came around when you saw them launch this it was that thing of like oof are you overstretching are you going is this going to in 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 all intents and purposes sink the company right or bring you down the fact that they are able to look at it and cut it and make hard decisions right and be like well no we can't do this especially because it is the core part of discord is doing so well 250 million users, right? Like, I mean, but how are they monetized? Like, they're doing the Discord Nitro, which know, now just lost the incentive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that. That's still a huge part of it, and yeah. that's where you pivot back now and figure it out because everyone you talk to loves Discord. If you right. use Discord, you love Discord. Yeah. But it is this thing of yeah, how do you as Discord make money? How do you monetize 250? And the store was their way to do that, and like, it really sucks that they had to do layoffs. Because this just didn't work out. Of course, yeah. But I think they're going to have to figure out some other way to expand, and it's not going to be a store. And that's the biggest thing about it, where I wanted to get it out here, uh, because I know it's, okay, it's a marketing department layoffs, and that sucks, don't get me wrong. But, I, you know, the storefront's been, we've covered being shut down before. I don't think, I don't know if, obviously, with Blessing in here last week, it was a little jumbled in terms of me hosting or him hosting. I'm not sure if we covered the free games going away, Mm -hmm. but it is more this thing of, this isn't a story I want to watch as it develops. To right. see what happens with Discord from here. Because they are such a impressive service. They have such brand loyalty. But what does that mean in terms of revenue, dollars and cents, and how you make it work? Yeah, it's it's one of those things of... Because you put it when you put out a product for free and it gets 250 million users, they are very used to the way it works. So you cannot take away that foundation at all and put it behind a paywall. You have to 
value add on top of that, or people will rebel and you're going to lose like a large chunk of that 250 million users. Yeah. How they do that though is a comp- I have no idea. I'm not a business person. I don't know how that's like what features they could add that will get people. The store was a good idea, honestly. It was a smart thing they did that they got completely waylaid by a oncoming train of a mega corporation coming in yeah. and doing the same thing they're doing, but in a much larger scale. And there's only so much room for so many not steams. And if you don't have a side business that also keeps you afloat, like Gog would not be doing, like, I don't think the Gog store keeps that thing afloat. Mm-hmm. I think CD Projekt Red. Like yeah. as a publisher and a developer, <laughs> keep that thing afloat. Yeah. So I like, if it were, if Gog were just its own thing, I don't think it would be surviving, or if it were, it would be like a very like meat thin kind of thing. Yeah. But again, like I love the people at Discord. I of course their, their offices have that that band arcade game that I love going there and playing. Yeah. You know the one like the like two handlebars like you smash them into each other. No. It's like a two player thing. It's like. I think Bandai put it out, but it's uh, one person grabs one handlebar, the other person grabs the other, and they can meet in the middle. Yeah. It's banned from arcades because you can really hurt yourself and hurt the other person, sure, yeah. like, slamming it into them. Yeah, no, I don't play this game. So yeah, I, I, played it at, uh, I played it there, and I played it at, like, Portland's, like, ground control arcade. Did you win? Uh, yes, because I did not care about hurting the other person. Yeah. Imran Khan, everybody. <laughs> you, win, you win at any cost, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Number four on the Roper Report, a Borderlands fan that many of you know from Polygon and a couple other places has passed away. Uh, it looks like uh, Trevor Eastman uh, has passed away yesterday at the age of 27. You might remember Trevor because of Polygon, June 2019. They wrote about him, and obviously it was a movement across the Reddit. I'm pulling this news, by the way, from the Borderlands subreddit. I have not seen an official statement from the family, uh, Trevor's Twitter account or anything to that, mm-hmm. but it seems like it has traction on the Reddit of actually being verified. But, however, the Polygon June 2019 article is this. Trevor Eastman is a 26-year-old Borderlands fan recently diagnosed with stage 4 cancer of the esophagus, stomach, and liver. According to his doctors, he only has a year to live. He took to Reddit one month ago to ask the community to help him reach the developers with a special request. Quote, I've been a huge fan of Borderlands for a long time now, Eastman wrote, and I don't know if I'll live to see Borderlands 3. If there's any possible way that someone could find a way for me to be able to play it early, I would be forever grateful. The team at Gearbox got the message and invited him up to the studio for some, for some time with a special preview build. Eastman got to experience four hours of the game and then was able to name a unique item in the game. If you're playing it, this is back to Greg now, this is over. Uh, if you're playing it, you might have picked up by now the compressing Trevenator gun that mm-hmm. was named for him. He got to write the red text there too. Oh, nice. Trev is coming for you. So yeah, condolences to him and his family. Obviously, uh, I, you know, so one of those things of I, a fo- an important follow up because I know we talked about this originally on Games Daily right. uh, back in June, and then it's awesome that he got to play. Yeah, you know I like I mean? that game developer or publishers can do that. Like for an industry that is like is weirdly secretive and yeah. like so the, all the preview events are so micromanaged to like the smallest degree of like I've seen notes about myself for them and what they they say like what hand I like to use the mouse like I prefer. What? I prefer keyboard and mouse and stuff like that. Oh, like, okay, yeah. okay. Like I've seen Imran Khan right-handed. <laughs> I don't know if I told the story before, but like one of the on VR events once, I saw the notes for me, and it said like he's going to annoy you by trying to aim the butt or the weapon in his face. Because <laughs> like every BR thing I put on, I like I grab the gun or the sword and go like that just to see what it does, and it never does anything. And like every developer apparently finds that very annoying. Right. But that's my notes for. Like that VR company, Kevin. What do you? We've played a VR game where you do that and you and you do that and you kill yourself. 
I've definitely done a demo where you, uh-huh. that's like a feature. Okay, you know, like, good. Go ahead, yourself Maybe face. I'm affecting the industry in that way. <laughs> the Imran, it, it pops an Imran Khan achievement when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I I've seen like this stuff happen with like Nintendo. Like they yeah. br- they bring a Breath of the Wild or Smash, whether it's a like someone who's terminal or sure. yeah. You know, it's always it's great that Trevor Eastman was able to do that. Great that Gearbox is like so willing to not only like let him play the game but also be involved in its creation of course and it was another one as it is right now i think where you saw it's cool to see what what i think of when i think of video games and community right mm-hmm. of the reddit rallying behind him to make enough noise that gearbox was able to see the message right right like i think that's the power of us and then, then even today where it's like you know top of the subreddit for borderlands and people talking about yeah it, it's yeah. a thing of like even like you talk about 20 years ago if i was a huge fan of nintendo games and i God forbid had a terminal illness. Yeah, there would be no way. Like maybe somebody would, would write in, like support, Howard Phillips yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like here it's it's a subreddit and a Twitter account and stuff like that that they can more easily get in touch with these people, which yeah. is great. It's exactly. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, number five, uh, Mario Kart Tour is doing incredibly well. We're following up on something we've talked about before. This is Kevin at Gamespot. It's been one week since is that bare naked lady song did it cue for anybody else because it's been one week it's been one week since mario kart 2 arrived on ios and android devices and despite its aggressive microtransactions mm-hmm. it's already proving to be a big hit for nintendo the game amassed a record-breaking 10.1 million downloads on launch day and now that number has climbed to 90 million mobile analytics tracker sensor tower reports According to Sensor Tower, that makes Mario Kart Tour Nintendo's fastest mobile game launch to date. By comparison, the previous game to hold that distinction, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, hit 14 million downloads in its first week, while Super Mario Run garnered 13 million parentheses. Although unlike the other two titles, players had to spend $10 to unlock everything beyond Super Mario Run's first three levels. Sensor Tower shares some other interesting data on how Mario Kart Tour is faring. Thus far, it seems the game is more popular on Android than iOS devices, accounting for nearly 60% of its downloads. However, iOS owners have spent far more money on the game. More than 75% of its gross revenue comes from the App Store. The U.S. leads in terms of downloads and revenue. According to Sensor Tower, Mario Kart Tour has grossed more than $12 million in its first week on the market. However, Nintendo's most successful mobile game is still far and away Fire Emblem Heroes. Since it launched back in early 2017, the title has generated more than six, well, I'm sorry, $618 million. Pocket Camp currently sits at second uh, with $111 million in revenue, while Dragalia Lost is close behind with $106 million. These are impressive numbers, and Mario Kart is weirdly Nintendo's one of their most successful titles, like series in general. Across platforms, yeah. Yeah, like uh, I think the Wii one sold 30 million copies. I think the DS one did quite well. I don't know if it did 30 million, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... It's a kind of a slam dunk with mobile of, oh, of course, like people are really going to want that they're going to see Mario Kart in the app store and they're going to... And grab it, yeah. Yeah. Question, like, I'm... What's retention? Yeah, retention is going to be a big thing. I remember Super Mario Run was like one of the biggest events. Yeah. Like Miyamoto was on stage at the Apple keynote and that game didn't do well. Flash in the pan. Yeah. Apple- downloaded. I remember we downloaded it at the movie theater. We were going to see something when we still had to get the movie theaters early. Mm-hmm. And we all were playing it. And then it got to the wall. And I think I paid for it. But I was just like, I don't even really like this. I'm going to yeah. stop. And I never I paid for it. It didn't like actually play any more games. Yeah. And like, it, Nintendo themselves just said that game did not generate a profit. Which is why we kind of get these like, this story mentions the aggressive microtransactions yeah. of why they kind of do that now. Yeah. Because Super Mario Run was the game that like, okay, we're going to bring the traditional console model or game to. Or, game package model to mobile because i'm sure people are sick of the uh the existing oh you pay this much and you're you're 
shark for microtaxis the entire time. Yeah. Turns out people aren't sick of that. That's what they really want on mobile. <laughs> but it's very interesting because like Apple, this came out the same week as Apple Arcade. Or not same week, the week after Apple Arcade. Right. And it feels like they're entirely different worlds. Yeah. Because like, I'm playing Apple Arcade games like Grindstone. And, yeah, like, hell yeah, you are. And I also have Mario Kart Tour on there. I don't like Mario Kart Tour, but I'm still jumping in the play. Really? Often. What's bringing you in for it? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I think part of it is just there's all these really new, interesting tracks. And as a Mario Kart fan, I'm like, mm. I wonder if they bring these to new consoles. Or, That's or... one of the things Tim t- brought up when he was talking about it on Gamescast last week, right? Mm-hmm. Is that for him, you know, this diehard Mario Kart person, even with, you know, Deluxe on the Switch, it still was upresing stuff we'd seen for so long. Yeah. So to get in and see what a brand new Mario Kart looks like running on an OLED screen, doing all, it's like, yeah, I, like, it looks impressive. I want Waluigi Pinball on console games. Yeah. Like, maybe that's the uh, the line in the sand for me is like, maybe if you do that, I'll put money into this thing. <laughs> but, like, they have a subscription service, which is, that's the one that bothers me the most. Yeah, it's five like, bucks a month. Five right? bucks a month for 200cc, which is the same cost as Apple Arcade for like 100 fucking games. games. Yeah. yeah. So, in 200cc doesn't get you anything except it goes slightly faster. There's no better rewards for it. So, the entire subscription service, I don't know if it's a good thing that it's pointless or it's a crappy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, the whole game bothers me in a lot of weird ways, but I'm still playing it and I don't know how to square that away. <laughs> like, I'm only playing it to find out what I don't like about it more, but I'm going to keep playing it even though I don't I like mean, it every time. If it's successful, then it's successful and it'll fund a brand new Mario Kart. Like itself. I so. mean, if anything, yeah, it sends the message to Nintendo that like Mario Kart is a dominant franchise. Keep yeah. making this and make more of them and put out another one. Make a new Switch game. At least make new DLC tracks. I just want more Mario Kart. That and that's an interesting thing too. Yeah, you think it would be the easier solution probably to keep people engaged and get more money from them, right? Yeah. Especially as you see, as we talked about with Smash, like continuing to go on and like, yeah, they're going to keep making stuff for Smash. I would like to. At we talk about games as services a lot, a lot, but I don't think I recall a game that. Besides, like the PC style words like Counter Strike and Dota yeah, yeah. and all that, that I started playing at the beginning of a generation, I still at the end of the generation was still being supported. Yeah, hopefully, maybe Mario Kart or Smash Brothers or one of those is it. Yeah, oh, Smash, I think for sure. Yeah, and that's well, you know, it's a different conversation. We'll say that for <laughs> games guests. Number six and finally on the Roper Report, Detroit Become Human has hit a sales milestone. They tweeted, "We are delighted to announce that Detroit Become Human has now sold in excess of three million units on the PlayStation Four worldwide." What did you think of that game? It's good. I thought a third of it was quite good. I, I, yeah, I mean that's definitely it. I Man, Jen and I were playing it, and we were like, "This is so cool! This is blah blah blah." And I remember we were in the a car in an Uber going to dinner one night, and maybe it was after like the first binge of playing it, where we were both quiet, and then we both turned to each other and started talking about like we were both in our heads thinking about threads, like so great. And then we got to the main the service android who was like the you know the nurse whatever, yeah. and Kara. then like how his story started like oh, spiraling yeah, yeah. and just exponentially getting crazier and crazier, and it was just like. What just happened? How did this happen? The I thought the Connor Clancy stuff is legitimately uh, great. Yeah, like that is whatever David Cage has been trying to do for so many years. It is paying off in that storyline. Yeah, the other two storylines are bad. Mm. Like there is a point. Th- I tweet about this a lot because it's a line that sticks in my head. But there's a point where you go to that mansion and like you you see the guy. When you and, come back. N- no, or when you're. Uh, that when you're Kara and there's like a guy who's like, supposed oh, to, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, okay, okay, and like you see his experiments in the basement, yeah, 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 and like the one of the experiments, like they, it's like the lost toy, Sid's toys from Toy Story, yeah, yeah, yeah. but one of them outright says, 
he made us monsters, but who's the real monster? And I'm like, this is, I, I, I was playing with a friend. I remember turning to her and I was like, this is the worst writing I've ever seen in a video game. And it's not, it's, it's not the worst writing. It, there's worse writing, but of course. it is. But it stands out in this yeah, game that we were. It, that I was enjoying up yeah, at that point. Of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then it just gets kind of snowballs from there. Yeah, and like, it, that's my thing is I feel like, you know, it's on track so well for so long. Yes. And then it, it, as I say, it gets exponentially crazier where it's like, we're, uh, no spoilers, don't worry. We did the Joker thing yesterday. We, we, we reviewed the Joker movie. Mm -hmm. And it was the conversation of like leaps in logic and like, oh, well, it's like, it's weird in a movie for you to do that. In a comic book, you'd get away with it, right? In the game we were playing for Detroit Become Human, it was like, this is great. And then it was this like, whoa, there's what, why would that, whoa, we did it again. And then it, by the time you get to the end, I remember being like, I'm no, I'm no longer invested the way I was in the first few hours where it was like, this is so good. I'm yeah. so into this. By the end, you get there and you're like, well, now it's like a crazy not even soap opera. It's an, one of this one. You know, Kara's storyline is soap opera. -y. Uh, the nurse droid, droid whose name I cannot remember right now. His is crazy like, anime guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, his is so action movie crazy, right? And mm -hmm. then yeah, Connor and Hank is like, oh yeah, this is okay. This yeah, is a cool buddy. If that, if that game had been entirely Connor and Hank, I would like. I would probably love it. Yeah. Like I'd be like I, I apologize to David K. This is actually a fantastic game. Yeah. I haven't liked really any of his games for the most part. Really? Like they. Heavy Rain had some bright spots. Yeah. Beyond, not so much. No, it was a, no, like, I, mean, I like Beyond. I like Willem Dafoe. But other yeah. than that, yeah. And it, I, that was the game. It was like, okay, well, hopefully this is going to be good. Yeah. And it kept, like, it started off great and then just slowly started, like, eating itself. And that was my thing. Is like, I, you know, looking back on it, yeah, I, I enjoyed my time with that. I, I had fun. I, you know, I mean, I platinumed it or whatever, but it was, it didn't, I loved Heavy Rain. Heavy mm -hmm. Rain, I thought. Hit because I guess wasn't expecting it. I guess at that time, right? In right. terms of what I was going to get, uh, and the, so then to get here and seeing like we were on that path, and I really liked like uh, you know in between levels how it would show you the different tracks and like oh man we could have gone there we could have done that I, what, I wonder what would happen to get to, as it got to the end and like the whole thing with uh, the Grey's Anatomy guy in North it was just mm -hmm. like all right like I, okay this is fun this is I I enjoyed this but I remember. Like it, even now, like what did you think about it? Like oh yeah, I haven't thought about Detroit Become Human yeah. in forever. Like I think. At the end of that game, I was like mildly upset at the way the story resolved. Like it didn't really bother me. But as time went on, I started like thinking about it more. I'm like, oh wait, this is like a huge loss of potential. And I think that bothers me more than the other mm -hmm. ones. Yeah. Like, if the games are bad, that's one thing. But if they're most like partly good and yeah. then fuck it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say, like you mentioned, the charts and the like choices and all that. Yeah, I think I'm at the point in this generation or like where I am as a gamer that I don't necessarily care about choices in a story if the story doesn't hold up. Mm -hmm. I would rather have mm -hmm. an extremely well-written, like, narrative than I would a, like, well, I didn't get a choice about any of this. Like, oh, it could have gone this way and I went the other way. That's neat, I guess. But I don't, I would, if the option is, oh, well, they kiss and now everybody loves androids. Yeah. Then I would rather have, don't give me the option to kiss, write a more logical ending to that. Didn't you want to see the androids sing? Oh fuck! Did you did you ever do that? I that did, was like yeah. I remember going like because I had done well, I had gotten shot I think uh, there originally because <laughs> yeah. I, I chose the one that happened. I was like all right whatever. And going back for the platinum when I chose that and he starts singing, I was like, what the fuck is yeah. this game? <laughs> it's it is somebody trying to invoke slavery without understanding anything yep. about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it yeah. for sure. But I digress. David Cage and Quantic Dreams next game is so far away. 
Imran, if I wanted to know what was more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Neocab on good. Switch and PC. It does. It's on Apple Arcade, too. Oh, okay. Awesome. It's, and it's been out for there. a while. I totally <laughs> missed it. And I saw somebody tweet about it. I was like, this is that game from the Nindies event. I saw a GDC shit. They're doing a bad job of say, like showing what's, what's updating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactah Because like, I'm still just playing like Assemble with Care and Grindstone. Yeah. 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 You're doing good games. <laughs> uh, LeGrand Legacy, Tale, Tale of the Fate Bounds. Comes to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Candleman is on Switch. A Whole New World is on PlayStation Vita. It lives. Uh, Paranoia. Happiness is mandatory. Ma- is I, on PC. Is what? it mandatory? Or just I didn't write one? the... I mean, I copied okay. these off of Kotaku. If they screwed it up, it's Kotaku. Uh, <laughs> Fault. Milestone 1 is on Switch. Case. Anatron- Animatronics is on Switch. Uh, Galaxy Champions TV is on Switch. Cubix is on Switch. Tick. Letters by Powagi is on Switch. <laughs> Hexagroove Tactical DJ is on Switch. Hero of the Forest is on P. Hexon is on PC and Mac. Endless Fables 4 Shadow Within is on PC and Mac. Alive to Survive ugh, is on PC and Mac. And then Northgard uh, is coming to PlayStation 4 today and heading to uh, Xbox One tomorrow. Just a heads up on that. Switch will be. Uh, Switch came out last week. Uh, City Skylines uh, is now available for on Xbox Game Pass for PC, the Xbox beta app on Windows 10. Uh, the Damn DLC, an all-new standalone chapter in the franchise of popular VR for zombie first-person shooter Arizona Sunshine uh, is out today. The Damn DLC is the largest Arizona Sunshine mission to date. It's now available for $4.99 on PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, uh, HTC Vive, and Windows Mixed Reality headsets. Then GameSpot says there's a new event about to begin in Pokemon Go. Uh, Niantic has announced it is bringing the Stardust Blast event back for a limited time starting tomorrow, or that, which is now today, uh, giving you a chance to earn much more Stardust in the game than usual. New dates for you. Lonely Mountains Downhill is going to be released October 23rd on Steam, Xbox One, and PS4. Uh, Gollum, a PlayStation VR exclusive, is coming out November 8th. Uh, the digital release will come after that on November 12th, which is an interesting way to yeah, do it. Yeah, I've never seen it done that It's opposite with the usual. Stranded Sales, Explorers of the Cursed Islands, comes to console and PC on October 17th. Demon Pit will launch on Steam on <laughs> the 17th of October. Console versions, Switch, PS4, Xbox One will follow to still to be confirmed release date. Ballistics Puzzle Platformer Family Tree takes root exclusively on Nintendo Switch coming October 10th. And then Return of the Obra Dinn releases October 18th on Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. By Return of the Obra Dinn. I never played that much of it because, of course, I'm a snob. So mm-hmm. I played it. I started on PC. I was like, eh, I can kind of see this and I'll wait for this. And here it is. The way you played Telling Lies is actually quite useful for Obra Dinn. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited like with for the that. notebook and yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm totally stoked to do that. I think I'll, I think it'll be a good Switch one for me. Mm-hmm. I'll just bam and have a notebook with me, right? Honestly, like you and Jen, that's probably a decent game for you and Jen because like I played it with a friend as well, and mm-hmm. we noticed things the other person didn't notice. Mm-hmm. So like when you're like, oh, now when you had that realization, it's a like, such a fun thing of like you're right. Let's go back and check that. Like it's a really fun co-op game. Huh. Well, all right then. Yeah. Uh, it's time for reader mail. You, of course, can write in at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can get the show ad-free. Speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Quip. Did you know that nearly everyone at Kind of Funny uses a Quip toothbrush? As you've probably heard one of our shows before, I bet you did. But what actually makes a better toothbrush? Industrial strength power, claims of miraculous trendy ingredients, multiple modes? If you ask a dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush and more about how you use it. That's why Quip was created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters for your oral health, healthier habits. 
Quip's sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer guide gentle brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses, ensuring an even clean. Quip automatically delivers brush heads every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mere mount. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice a day. Quip starts at just $25, and you'll get your first refill pack free at getquip.com games. This is a simple way to support the show and start brushing better, but you have to go to getquip.com games to get your first refill pack for free. Go right now, getquip.com games. Next sponsor is Third Love. Almost all the kind of honeys are wearing Third Love bras, and with their tagless options, half cup sizes, and amazing customer service, it's easy to see why. Third Love uses data, gener- data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to f- design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. Third Love offers more than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. You can skip the trip and find your fit with Third Love's online Fit Finder, order and try on at home, no more awkward fitting room experiences. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test, and if you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find the perfect fit. They're available every day via text, chat, and phone. Plus, returns and exchanges are free and easy. Uh, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com games now to find the perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com games for 15% off today, 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 today. Captain... Newland writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Dear kind of funny games daily show hosts, how can the community best act when faced with the threat of violence at a community event? For example, I remember waiting in line to get into the last PSX and noticing that there were police snipers posted on the roof of the convention center. It seemed like a bit much, but then it dawned on me that despite how friendly PSX is, there is a real fear slash chance someone might want to bring harm to those attending. Also, due to the fear that there may be a shooting incident at my local theater during a Joker screening, I've been debating on not attending a showing I have tickets for. It seems so messed up to have to change plans for something you really want to do because of someone else. But is this just the reality of this day and age? I'm sorry if this worries anyone else planning on attending. I really wish the world was as kind as the kind of funny community. And we didn't have to think about these kind of questions. Captain Newland. He's right in that... He's right in both parts. This is... Absolutely messed up. Yeah. But it's also kind of just the reality of working this stuff and like going to these events. Yeah. Like if I, you kind of can't really shut down your life for the assumption that there might be a mass shooting. Yeah. That said, there was a couple of months ago where I was like, I, w- I kind of want to go to the Gilroy Garlic Festival just because it's nearby and I've never been and it sounds fun. Glad I didn't go. Yeah. I'm probably not going to go next year or, you know, anytime in the future because there was a shooting there. Yeah. I, didn't go to a Joker showing, not because there wasn't a shooting, because like I just didn't feel like going. <laughs> You're like that movie doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> I mean, I, I will see it at some point. I just like I don't think my local theater had like an opening uh, night thing. Yeah, but I did, last year with PAX. That was I think like a week after the man shooting, maybe like two or three weeks. But it, it was fairly recently after, and I remember thinking like the security here sucks. Yeah, like because PAX is PAX uh, West is so open. It's multiple hotel ro- or hotels and totally. like a convention center, and none of it. It's really see. That's what I'm worried about. Ah, well, I can take it off. I can get it. Right. <laughs> but the uh, it being so secure and like this year they introduced metal detectors, 
And the same, which is outrageous. Yes, that they, it was this year, 2019, they introduced metal detectors. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to sidetrack you here. I have talked about this before when we've talked about security, but I remember going to PAX East after the Boston bombing, and they had a queue line out front, and all these metal detectors were like, "Oh, right, of course," because in ra- now this will change all PAXs. Yeah, and years later, they finally had metal detectors at PAX, and like, granted, it backed up the lines and did all this stuff, and it was way harder. I don't care. Yeah. Like it's outrageous. I remember the year before, or two years before, having that thing of being on the show floor and being like with my backpack, and I was like, I just got there, and I looked around, and I was like, wait, I just got in here, and no one checked my bag, mm-hmm. nothing's going on. What if I had an IED in here? What if you know anybody, anybody here had a gun, did anything like that? Yeah, and like Pax's security is very performative. Of like, oh, we're not gonna let you onto the show floor, even though you've got an appointment, even though you're already like in here, but we'll let you into the building, no problem, yeah. around like hundreds of thousands of other people. Right. So it's always been this very weird thing of like when i go there because my parents also worry every time i go to these things of, of like yeah just be okay don't get don't get into too many large crowds it's like there's sixty thousand other people around me at any given time yeah like there's no way i'm not going to be in a large crowd but like I'll, obviously i tell her like yeah i'll be fine but honestly who knows yeah like i the the only way for you can be safe is if they make it safe there's not a whole lot you can do besides not showing up. And again, we go back to you still have to live your life. Of course. And I mean, that's the thing about it where it, and I, I, I struggle, especially now being married to a Canadian, mm. right? Where I think, you know, gr- I, you know, I was in school or I was, you know, of age, what, junior high, grade school when Columbine happened. Right. And when everything changed. I mean, I might have been a freshman in high school. It doesn't matter. But I, I've lived through the school system changing to where all of a sudden in high school we were running schedule E drills. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that became normal. That became the way it is. That is how life is. And so when Jen got here and we started talking about these things and she's like, what? And like, that's not, they don't do that in Canada. Right. We don't have, and it's been that thing of like, Oh fuck. Like it's rocked me a little bit on my axis in terms of what we've given up or what we're allowing and all these different things and mm-hmm. gun control and second amendment. And this is a whole different ball of wax for what we're talking about here. So what I'm saying here is the, the, to the question in, in particular too, is that, I don't, I don't think you can worry about these things. You can be prepared for them. Yeah. You can have the, it's like, kind of like an airplane of like, where are the exits? Like what, if something was to happen, are you, do you know how to get out of there? Right. And I know see something, say something is a joke for the most part, but it also is that if you see someone being suspicious, weird, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, not just Brown, you know what I mean? As I know <laughs> this is a problem with random security checks and a million other things. And we've talked about this privately right Right. especially with your name (laughs) like i mean actually see somebody like what are they doing like but it's like when we went to avengers maybe i think it was but i remember sitting in in the row and we were closer to the screen and there was a guy off to my left that i just totally forgot about that just stood there Mm -hmm. and jen would not and she's like what is this guy up to and i'm like i think he's a theater she's like he's not dressed and it was a long conversation of like well, fuck, now I can't worry about the previews. What is this dude doing? You right. know what I mean? And sure enough, he eventually had a clipboard and walked over and he was like, okay, he's doing like, I don't even know, checking how many seats are full or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck's going on. It seemed like he's in there. But it is that thing of, since the Dark Knight shootings, right? Or Dark Knight Rises shooting in Aurora, Colorado, even then, like movie theaters are the same way of now being in a movie theater and thinking like, fuck, what would I do? How yeah. would you get out of this? But the, what I'm driving at here is that I don't think you can let it rule your life because 
okay, cool. The people who went to the Gilroy Garlic Festival, maybe were some of them like, I'm never going to a movie again because like uh, might, something bad might happen there. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, maybe they were, but like it can happen anywhere. And it was even my thing of when I when PAX East installed the metal detectors outside and I'm in a, that, wow, what a great thing. Then what happened? It was me and 700 people in this giant snake line waiting to get into the metal detector. And I remember thinking, oh, if you brought a gun to the center of that, you waited so you got to the center of the queue, it would be a very similar situation as if you had it in there. Right. Right? Like, if you want to do bad, you're going to do bad. And that's a shitty thing to say. Yeah. And there, there are precautions we all should take and do. And, and like, I definitely think gun control is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think uh, mental health is a big part of that. And I definitely, yeah, like, there's a million things. But in your day-to-day life, right, like... It's, I, I don't think the answer is saying you're not going to go to PSX 2020 or you're right. not going to go to PAX or you're not going to go to the Joker. Yeah, know what you need to do in those situations. Like, maybe dropping down to the floor isn't going to 100% guarantee it's going to save you. Yeah. But it's the best thing to do in that situation. So know, know not to panic there. Yeah. But again, it's like you said, you have to live your life. You, gotta, you can't stop yourself or from not going to PSX or whatever. Yeah. Because like we've, we've been to E3 and like I remember being very pissed at the... First day of E3 when I was going in through the media line until I found the back entrance that no one knew about that actually also had uh, metal detectors that was had no line. Yeah, that was way better. But I remember I being very pissed because like I have to go th- like I need to do a job. I need to get in there, and it's taking so long. It's probably better that it takes me a little while to be inconvenienced than 100%. like oh my god, just letting anybody in because like that first year that it was open to the public, they had nothing. Yeah, it was just straight up like okay, you got your ticket, go in. And I was like, oh shit, it's anything happened here, then we were all screwed. Yeah. But I, they've made it a little bit better. PAX has made it a bit better now. Well, you just have to trust that these places are doing their best to get these things safely, yeah. or done safely, and go on and live your life. Yeah, yeah. It's a shitty thing, right? Yeah. I wish there was a fucking answer to any of this. Yeah. I wish there was a turnkey, this is how, how, what we should all do right now. I mean, it really sucks to, like... It I get weird or not weird out. I get a little scared every time I go somewhere that somebody will know that lots of people will be at. Mm. So like I registered to vote the other day because I have a new address and like it makes sense to like get that done now. Of course. Uh, I when I saw when they were talking about like oh we'll probably find a polling place close to you. I was like okay I live in San Francisco. This is a very liberal city. I'm very I'm not scared I guess but like the idea crossed my head of. Somebody who wants to do harm there, mm-hmm. to like maybe they just don't like voters of a certain like whatever. Totally, they know people are going to be there. They know what they might be thinking. They could go there and open fire before any security co- shows up. And if they don't care about living, then like nothing's going to really stop them. Yeah. So like me, ring, ring, like, well, when's the best time to vote that isn't going to be, you know, dangerous? Yeah. Is a fucked up thing to think. Totally. It was when I wrote the Newsweek article, uh, uh, in, or op-ed, not even article, uh, and was talking about, you know, like, the good side of gaming, right, and, mm-hmm. like, what we, we all accomplished together. I, the, one of the final paragraphs mentioned, you know, it's just like how 60, more than 60,000 people or whatever are going to gather in Seattle for PAX at the end of this month or whatever. And when Jen read the draft, she's like, do you want to cut that out? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, it, and it was this conversation mm-hmm. of like, do we want for people who are the bad people who want to do something to know that they could come do bad at this thing? And it yeah. was like, I left it in, in the end because I'm like, it was, I thought it was a stronger statement. And also like, that is the thing. And I know this is like so 
I man, like I, you know, obviously was in college at nine eleven, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like in that, you know, again, if you're a younger listener of you, that did change so much. Like I do think to this question and to that back then, into the statement in the Newsweek thing, <laughs> the words of President George W. Bush do r- <laughs> ring in my ears, right? Of just like if you do that kind of stuff, the terrorists win. Like right, right? their their whole goal here is to make you afraid to vote. Make us afraid to go to a convention. Make me afraid to speak my mind or mm-hmm. anyone to speak their mind, right? And it's like it's not that simple, but it is in 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 one regard or some regard, right? That like it is that simple of like I'm not gonna let that be the reason I don't do certain things or do I'm I'm gonna go to those things and wor- think about it at least mm-hmm. worry about it. How would I evacuate? What would I do here? You know what I mean? But not like that. It's I'm gonna hold myself up in my building, right? Yeah, and yeah, just live your life. <laughs> hope for the best is kind of the only way we can do it. I don't remember listening to the one-up show back in the day and having to hear them deal with this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> God, video games. Let's find a, a happier one to end on here. Um, oh, here this is a simple one. <laughs> the other guy singing in Van Halen says, I pre-ordered the biggest whatever they call it, Super Deluxe Borderlands 3 a while back, and I just now beat the game and I love it. I've got the season pass, but every time I look at the PSN store, it tells me to download it. Don't know where I look if I've already downloaded it or if I have 17 copies of this thing at this point. Thanks for everything. No, well, the season pass uh, d- doesn't have any content for it yet, right? Yeah. Like, what you would have gotten all your uh, special skins and shit if you, when you hit the start or options button, right? And you go into like the social menu, you go over to your mail, you download it all there, just like you get all your letters from your uh, gun supplier. And then when they eventually do drop uh, episodic DLC, you'll be able to get that for free. That's actually a very weird question now coming off that last one. Very weird, of course. Yeah. Gun suppliers, right? Yeah, I know. What I mean, it's at first I thought you were making a joke i was like oh wait no that's borderlands that's that game and that's, that's how it goes at it some goes. point i kind of want to write an op-ed about, about the fact that i hate real life guns but like video game guns totally. and how i square that away yeah but i need to figure out what how i actually do square that away first exactly right yeah. video games mm. uh frank Furter gets the final question good morning greg and imran sonic is going to space no really in 2022 okay. there will be a rocket carrying an explorer with sonic the hedgehog as their mascot while it's funny to think about Sonic running around in space, what are some missed opportunities for using other gaming characters as a mascot instead? Personally, I think using Isaac Clark would be a bad idea, but I'm sure there would be a few funnier ones out there. Yeah, I wouldn't use the guy from Dead Space. Yeah. The engineer just trying to do his job who now has to fight every necromorph in the galaxy. Not much of a mascot character, but I think like Garrus would be cool from Ooh, Mass Effect. Yeah. yeah. See, that's that's definitely the whole thing is like you jump to Mass Effect of if I was going up there and like doing this, yeah, give me the N7 armor. Yeah. Right? Give me the spacesuit with the nice white and red uh, stripe down the side, black ISM2, N7 logo. Is it weird to you that there's not been so many, like, how do I put this? Like, what genre of like fiction would you call it? Like, it's sci fi, mm-hmm. but it's like a very, like, kind of optimistic space, like a Star Trek ish, like the next generation of humanity kind of space game. Like we oh. don't we don't have that many of those in this in the video game industry. We're what? We're we're all established already? Like they're all like space wars. Mm-hmm. I wanna kinda like I wanna go to like a space like exploration. No man's sky. Not not I guess sort of like that. Like not necessarily like I don't want to chart space. I want okay. a Star Trek morality plays in different planets kind of thing. Okay. And like we don't have that and I keep waiting for That's like the old republic. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean that's old. Yeah. yeah, why haven't they done more of that? Yeah, yeah. I I guess only Bioware is doing it. Is my main <laughs> issue. <laughs> we just keep coming back to the same exact people. Yeah. What about um? I mean, it's not out yet, but Outer Worlds, right? Like, Outer I'm Worlds. Super stoked for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's, that's kind of what comedy. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. that's soon, right? That's, yeah, that's super. That's this that's month. month. Yeah. That's this month. I can't wait. Yeah. Cannot wait, Imran. 
JV is now doing publicity or publicity for that I game. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tara Bruno scooped him up. Good mm-hmm. fun. Uh, it's time to squat up. This is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Steve needs help on PlayStation 4. Steve's PSN is Steve X418. Steve X418, all one word. I have one trophy left to earn in Team Sonic Racing, and it involves beating a friend's time trial time. If any best friends would like to help me out and get the platinum trophy, my PSN ID is Steve X four one eight. I like the idea of maybe him getting somebody, but it's and someone who's like so really good. fucking good. They're yeah, so good. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is God, frustrating. I can't do it. Uh, I have another required reading on here. This one's from Steven Totillo over at Kotaku. Why online game launches are often a mess. Um, uh, snippet I'm going to read you here is this. At 8.40, nope, at 8.54 p.m. Eastern Time, Bungie Help stated that maintenance was complete. At that point, players were finally able to get back in. He's talking, of course, about Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. The biggest game release of the day had just been off- offline for about five hours. To some people, this was a huge surprise. Bungie, an established studio, has been making and expanding Destiny for years, had delayed the launch of its newest expansion, Shadowkeep, for two weeks, and was now, on October 1st, surely ready to launch. To others, this was to be expected. A normal occurrence in gaming, where a launch of so many big online games has involved day one server problems. But why, despite all the smart people out there making video games, do launches so often go awry? Uh, real good read because we talked about this here where we're why does yesterday's question of like why does Bungie get a pass for this and right. like, basically like this happens all the time what are you going to do yeah Steven goes through and uses a bunch of Rami Ismail tweets and other sources to be like here's what happens and why it all goes yeah. awry long and short of it is servers are expensive yep. you don't want to have 50 servers for day one and then only need 25 servers for day two exactly yeah. well I guess you have to read the article anymore I'm not explained it <laughs> damn it but still, yeah, read. still read the article. Uh, now it's time for You're Wrong this is where people watching live on twitch.tv slash games go thekindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. The other Sean says, technically speaking, Diddy Kong, K. Rule, and Dark Samus are also Western characters, but seeing as they're associated with Japanese titles, I get they may not count as Western. Yeah, and they're also Nintendo Studio titles. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, Nanobiologist says, Jason Schreier reported that StarCraft Shooter was canceled to focus on Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 back in June 6, 2019. Do you think we see Diablo 4 this year? No. But I'd love to. I think they have to know how badly it went over last year to not announce it. Mm. I think they, whatever they have, whatever they're going to show. I've heard some interesting stories about that game's development. Yeah. That I want to tell you off the air because I can't confirm them. Okay, sure. But they're, they're very interesting. When So when would that be? Um, BlizzCon. BlizzCon. Yeah, but when's BlizzCon? I'm tr- uh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Uh, Jumping the- I don't know offhand. I'm still reading through this wrong. So you tell me when BlizzCon is, somebody. Nanobiologist points out, speaking of cross-progression, Civ 6 cross-platform saves can now move between PC and Switch, just not PlayStation 4. Lame. Oh, here we go. Mr. Nintendo says, the subscription service for Mario Kart World Tour unlocks 200cc, which gives you more points per level, which in turn allow you to unlock more stars, which gives you more cups. Also, the subscription service opens more unlocks per level, more carts, so on and so forth. When racing in tournaments, scores will be nearly impossible to top at higher levels without racing at 200 cc's. I think I'd just like that more. I think I'd like it if it just didn't do anything. Yeah, like, it just gave you 200 cc's yeah. and that was the end of that. Uh, paranoia. Mandatory happiness has been delayed until November. I don't know when we talked about that, but it must have popped up. Uh, Kay Wally says, the developer you were mispronouncing, Greg, is Pauji, not Poagi. <laughs> So Pow G. There you go. Or Pow G, maybe. Says him, dude. What'd you say? Dude? Is... I mean, says him, you know? Maybe no? you're saying it right. Um, BlizzCon's November 1 to, or 1st to 3rd. 
So, end of this month. There's breaking news in here. Uh, this Randy Pitchford thing? Yeah, but I'll, I'm going to read it, but you have to cover it tomorrow. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Virtual Voice is breaking. Randy Pitchford's ongoing legal troubles seem to have ending, ended, according to Nibel on Twitter, via Hollywood Reporter. So I think that will be uh, there. Yeah, but look yeah, at the that. headline is what Gearbox Software CEO exonerated in lengthy legal battle. Interesting. But yeah, I think that's well worth its own story tomorrow mm-hmm. rather than uh, me try to shove it in right now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, trying to figure out what that actually means. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, missed out today don't call me mama but yes i am your mama made by kyle bossman of easy allies uh the game was made uh on gb studio and released on itch.io if you want to go there it's okay or you can go to kyle's twitter kyle bossman i never met him but he seems nice yes true <laughs> um no that's fine okay and then yeah november 1st through <laughs> i yeah. love it when they're they wrong they counteract themselves Trevor Starkey <laughs> tries to say it's the first through the second. Everybody else says it's the first through the third. Who's Maybe lying? he's the only right one. Nobody knows. Yeah. Who knows? But that's what it is for BlizzCon. I'm sure Kevin will know all about it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Still more games content for you today. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, we're going to get each and every Kind of Funny Games Daily episode ad-free and give us all your questions. At 2 o'clock, you can watch myself, Imran, Fran, and Tim record the Kind of Funny Games cast. Uh, I'm sure Fran will rant and rave about Destiny. I'm going to talk about Dragon Quest. Are you really? Okay, cool. I'm going to try to knock out a game uh, in between this and the show to talk about. So, I'll let you You just going to play more Grindstone. That's true, too. Guys, that's really good. I like, I really, I, it's getting too hard for me now. I felt your, uh, your tweet yesterday where you (laughs) did your, your battery at 23%. Yeah. That is exactly how it goes. Uh, And then tomorrow it's Imran and Tim because I'll be down in lovely Los Angeles for WWE SmackDown. Yeah. Wear the suit, just the coat. I'll for, probably for wear a the little coat. bit. You know what I mean. But I got to like get clothes pins for this league because you're like you were like seven feet taller than me. I know, I know. But yeah. think of it this way: you could wear the exact outfit you're wearing now, the coat over it, and then once you've once the show started, just take it off. Just wear like you know five I mean? sweaters and put, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should yeah, be fine. So. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>